Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 72 of the Uncovered podcast. I'm Bairam Kazi, you can find at @defmango on Twitter and with me is Jared Kimber, you can find absolutely everywhere. And yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff this week uh, off the field. Uh, let's start with Ben Stokes. He's joined hands with Sachin Tendulkar against the fight versus umpire's call. That's the latest and uh, this is after taking a dig at technology after uh, or at the end of the second test match. Do you think that this is him moaning Jared even though he's saying that he's not or is he just stating an opinion uh, about DRS after having played his entire career with DRS around? I think it's a lot of players who don't understand the science talking about something they don't <laughs> understand. Um you know, Shane Warne was very similar. We've seen other players say it's I'm not saying they're idiots, but they're not scientists and if the Hawkeye crew are saying we need this we need this extra information from the umpires because in these situations, we're not as certain. We're pretty certain when the ball's hitting the middle of middle, we're not as certain when the ball is flicking the outside of millimeter of leg stump, um, the top corner of leg stump. And they're saying, so we're going to take the umpire. I, I, and I don't know what you thought about the Zach Crawley one. When that happened live, I actually thought to myself, yeah, that looks pretty out. Looking at the replay straight away, I was like, oh, okay, it's hit him above his knee and might be going a little bit down leg side. But I didn't think it was a howler when I saw it given out live. Um, hmm. How many times in a test match do you see? Ben Folks was appealing for LBWs yesterday when the ball was pitching a foot and a half outside leg stump. Like, everyone gets these things wrong, right? Like, there are lots yeah. of dis different mistakes and, and everything else. I don't have a problem with the system. It's never going to be perfect. It can't be perfect. Hmm. It is a predictive system. Once you have predictive in it, uh, and we don't have a choice, if we take it away, um, uh, you know, completely, uh, it will, it will, it will change again. Um, uh, so, I, I don't think people understand that. If you change the umpire's call part of it, people will complain about the other parts of it. it, it I don't have any issue with the system at all. It is, it is what it is. Uh, I, I did a podcast with a Bumble, which we talked about before, and. Mm. Bumble said, look, sometimes you lose a test match and you're frustrated and the thing that's on the top of your head, it comes out. And I said to Bumble, oh, like Zimbabwe. And he went, shut up, Jared. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it, that's what it felt like because England did not lose this game because of umpire's call, right? They didn't, that's just not why they lost this game. And even yeah. if that is the case, there are probably other matches that they have won because of umpire's call, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just think that, it doesn't look good and it doesn't make sense until you de delve into the science. And then you're like, actually, it does make a lot of sense now. Like what Hawkeye is saying is we can't be sure if the ball's flicking the outside of leg stump. So we're going to weight the umpire's decision quite heavily in this one. Um, and then you're suddenly like, okay, actually, that makes sense. We talked about it with the catches. Uh, remember when they were going to take yeah. the, the umpire original soft, the signal. soft signal away? Um, do you remember what I said at the time? I said, I think that's a bad idea. Before shortening, for shortening. Yeah. That's what you said. I, yeah, I, I definitely said that. Um, I, and I said it was a bad idea just because the cameras can't always get the right angles and the umpires sometimes are in the right angles and the umpire's ability to give information sometimes is the difference between getting the decision slightly more right and slightly not as right. So if we're taking that away again, knowing that Hawk, the Hawkeye people have already said to us, we're not so sure about this. I just don't think it makes any sense. But if you want my real opinion on this, a captain lost a test match. He's lost two test matches in a row. They probably had a bad run against them of, of, of umpire's call. And, and that happens. We, we've seen 
mm. heaps of teams. And generally, yeah, generally, even with independent umpires, you're you're going to get that slightly worse run of the LBWs when you tour because crowd pressure plays a big part, right? And, and we've seen that. Oh, and, yeah. You know, that's been tested across all sports. Independent umpires or not, doesn't matter. Crowd pressure plays a big part in, in umpiring. So generally, when you tour, you have to factor in you're going to get slightly worse umpiring decisions anyway. Um, and then. Mm. You know, that's just part of touring and that's just part of, you know, playing on the road in any sport. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I'd never thought of the crowd pressure bit. And, uh, you know, England uh, won a test match in Pakistan last year or end of the year before that, where there was one of these uh, interesting calls with respect to a catch that was being taken. And it was like a 50-50 sort of thing. It could have gone either way. I think these umpire calls aren't any different. And uh, technology has its limitations Mm -hmm. And that's fine. And you live with that. And when you come out and say this sort of stuff in the aftermath of uh, two losses in a row, then it can be misinterpreted. And and that's what Stokes should be more aware about because the media will obviously, you know, cash in on this. There was a there was an LBW in this game where uh, Root was given out um, and the DRS actually showed the ball. I think it was Jadeja bowling to him, straightening. And when the DRS mm-hmm. came up, the path on the red bit of the ball, so the bit that actually we could map, didn't seem to me to map up, map up with the blue path, which actually seemed to veer off to the left in a weird angle. Now, India were lucky. It still clipped the outside of the stump, so they still got that decision. But I was looking at that mm. going, that looks like it's an error of the software and, they, and, they, and they've made a problem. And these things happen as well. You know, We've talked about the impact of the crumple of the pad and which frame rate, you, mm. all that sort of stuff causes slight issues. But the point, the point I would make is, there's always issues within that in the same way there is mm-hmm. issues within the umpiring in the same way that players make mistakes and the same way that how many, how many players in this test match played absolutely shocking shots of half trackers that usually they would hit for four mm. and for six, right? Yeah. There is no way of getting hundred percent correct. All we're trying to do is trying mm. to get it as the best possible to get the best possible decisions available. They did a lot to be fair to them after screwing up DRS when it first came in. They did a lot of research into it. They talked to the companies who know the technology better than they do, and they came up with these ideas, right? Things will change, but this does feel like a captain losing a test and just being upset with it because it's happened two tests in a row that he's mentioned it. You're not losing because of umpire's call. You're losing because you're not playing good enough cricket and because Joe Root dropped a crucial catch. Yeah, and Joe Root also got out playing the reverse ramp, and, and there are lots of things that don't usually happen for England but are happening right now. And yeah, I mean, it's just ill-timed. If you want to come up with these sort of, you know, I don't know, concerns or or qualms, then maybe after losing a test match isn't the best time. Anyway, moving forward, Haris Rauf of Pakistan has had his central contract terminated after he basically told the PCB that he does not want to play the test matches in Australia. Now, Jared, a demotion of contract contract category makes sense to me. Hey, hey you were in uh, central contract category B. You say you don't want to play test cricket, so we can't pay you as much money, so you can go to C or D or something of the sort. To terminate it is basically the PCB saying that, hey, our dick is bigger, and we, we are going to strong arm you, and we are going to make your life miserable by setting a precedent. And what they've really done is, is set the exact opposite precedent of what they would have wanted because they're making players insecure, as they always do. And uh, yeah, he is not even a red ball asset. Haris Rauf is a white ball asset. He has played nine first class games in his career. And in the one test match he played, he got injured. He didn't even finish it. So this makes no sense to me at all in a year where T20 cricket should be a priority anyway. So if Haris Rauf is saying that, hey, I've had a rough couple of months after the Asia Cup and the World Cup, ODI World Cup that is, 
I want to take a rest in this, you know, test series, then go play the big bash and prep for the T20 World Cup. That sounds like a pretty good plan to me. Remember that cricket is a funny game. 100 years before we protected our heads, players looked after their groins. So don't be as stupid as old cricketers and protect your computer today. NordVPN is the protection I use when facing cyber shortfalls or when rights issues try to dismiss me. NordVPN will help you get through the straight bat of any geo blocks so you can watch all the cricket you want. If you need your pitch changed, well, NordVPN can doctor any surface to a new location so that your IP address is set up for you to win. Want to buy an associate cricket shirt from a place that won't ship to your country? Select NordVPN. Want to watch a game on a free stream in another hemisphere? NordVPN. Or if you just want to watch a clip on social media that a cricket board won't allow you to, promote NordVPN to pinch it for you. So if you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a cricketer protects its nether region with NordVPN today. Yeah, I mean, I suppose when 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 would the tests have finished, and when would the big bash have started? Um, tests would have been ongoing, I believe, when the big bash would have started. Yeah, so I suppose if he's willing to play in the big bash, they might say, "Well, why are you willing to play in the big bash, and you're not willing to play here?" Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes down to it, like he is going to make more money in franchise leagues probably than he will from mm-hmm. Pakistan, and terminating a player of his level of fame and notoriety, as you said, can have a destabilizing um, influence. Right before the PSL, mind you. When did they ask? That was the news that dominated. Yeah. When did they <laughs> you know. When did they ask? How long before the test series did they actually ask him to come out? They would have asked him in the aftermath of the ODI World Cup. Okay. I believe. Yeah. So... <sighs> There wasn't a lot of weeks in between, by the way. Maybe like a couple. I think or three we both know he was signed up on the contract for white ball cricket for Pakistan, mm-hmm. right? Yep. My question would be: Is was that made clear in the contract? Because they, if Pakistan needs to be, and this isn't just Pakistan. There's lots of teams around the world that be like this. It's the Liam Dawson thing again, and I know Liam Dawson's mm. slightly different because he's not centrally contracted, but it's a similar sort of thing of. Okay, if you want me to come and play and cut the matches, I need one year's worth of salary um, and I'll be available to you at that time, but you need to pay me what I would be getting in the franchise leagues not to play in the franchise leagues. Um, huh? and, I, and teams aren't quite willing to do that, right? Teams want loyalty yeah. towards them, but they're not always willing to give the loyalty on the other end. So was Harris Ralph getting paid mm-hmm. to be a potential test player in his in his contract? My guess is no. My guess is he probably had a contract that was you're a frontline bowler for us in the T20 team. You're a frontline bowler in the t- in the ODI team. That is what your wage is. And so suddenly he mm-hmm. gets a call going, uh, we need you to come play a test match. As you said, he's never played red ball cricket. He's not really all that known for it at all. Mm-hmm. If I'm a professional athlete, I'd be like, and, and I get offered jobs. Like, I, I think about myself personally. I sometimes get offered jobs where with similar kinds of things. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do that job very well. I don't know if I'm particularly well suited to it. I might look a bit stupid doing it, you know. Um, and, you know, now now I'm in a situation where um, it's not working for me. It's not working for you. Mm. And I've missed out on another job that I can do well. 
Yeah, and they've put a stipulation on him that no franchise cricket till like July 2024. So they're saying, we won't give you a paycheck, but you can't get one elsewhere either. And Harris Rauf is 30, right? Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of years left in the tank. He's a fast bowler, an express pacer. This makes absolutely no sense. If anything, it just goes on to show that the new BCB chairman, of course, we've had a new one, as you know, uh, keeps happening. He just wanted to come and show people that, hey, look, I'm around. I've done something. You know, well, be afraid of me. I mean, I don't know how, <laughs> how the legal system works in Pakistan, but I think there's a few countries in the world where that is a lawsuit waiting to happen. And I think that's the problem with all these contracts is what they're, what they're doing. They are saying that you must work with us or work with no one else. That's restraint of trade in many different countries. And mm. I, you know, the, I've said this before, the no objection certificates, I don't think, uh, I, I'm not sure that that can last. I just don't think yeah. that that whole system can last, which is a, a separate thing here. I'd love to see his PCB contract, right? I'd love it if someone mm. leaked his PCB contract and I would <laughs> like to go through it line by line because my guess is it would say something along the lines of, if, we, if we're desperate in a test series, can we ask you to play, right? Uh, because I can't imagine it would say that we are contracting you for test matches. And mm -hmm. I... If they're desperate, is it not okay for him to also say, I don't think I'm going to be doing this very well. I don't think my body's at, at you know, my body's great for T20 and ODIs. And, and this whole idea of why should he put his body on the line for a test series um, when he's actually being contracted for something else is very fair, right? Yeah. And then on top of that... Also, Wahab should understand this, the chief selector... He gave up test cricket at a time where Pakistan did kind of need him. But we understood because he was old and he had, you know, done his hard yards. But a fast bowler knows his body best, right? Or her body best. Yeah. Oh, so and, and also just the... back them up on that. Yeah, and just the... He, Harris Ralph, what, four years ago, had never made any money off cricket, right? Mm -hmm. And he's probably got, at best, four years of maximum earning left. And if he's lucky, eight years yeah. of any earning at all, right? <laughs> you know, this is... It's, I think it's an untenable situation, but I, I, this isn't just about Pakistan. You know, we talked about this with Afghanistan mm -hmm. and, and other countries have done similar things. I, I just think cricket is setting itself up to be sued. And and yeah. they think this is, the, this is their last card to play, whether it be the contracts or the NOCs. Those are the last cards that they can play. Like, I don't know. It's it, I find it icky. Um, and mm -hmm. if, if, if I'm more than happy, they want to release the contract that says in the contract... It said he had to make himself available for test matches as well. Um, I think that's fine. But, you know, I, I spend a lot of time talking to, you know, county coaches and, you know, um, selectors and, you know, I know, directors of cricket, general managers, all those sorts of things. They are very, very aware of where they are in the pecking order. And so they try and do deals with the players. Okay. You know, we understand you can't play all this. This is what we want you to play. And this is what we want you to be available for. We're going to help you set, yeah. set up for this, but we're also going to prepare you for that series in the PSL or, you know, that that mm. that major league contract that you want or whatever it may be. Even if the PCB knew these things, they wouldn't do it because there is no proper medical care. You see these guys get injured, never come back the same. There is no players union. There is no transparent exactly. communication. The, the contracts are some of the least lucrative in all of, you know, uh, major cricket uh, or at least test playing nations top eight or whatever so it's not like they're giving Harris Rauf an amazing package that all of a sudden Harris Rauf is like no you know what I, I will play that test match I, I had a chat with a with um, a cricket board a few years ago when they were in interested in my views on how all this was going and I said mm -hmm. I would sit down with every single cricketer 
and be like, what are you trying to do, right? Mm. What do you want to play? How much money do you want to earn? Uh, or how, you know, how much are you willing to push your body? How much are you willing to travel? How much time off do you want, right? How much, do you want to, how much mm. time do you want to spend with your family? And we're still not there. And we're in this weird situation nope. where it just kind of all these different things clash. And then it's like, oh, we've got a contract or, oh, you've got an NOC or mm. uh, we're going to we're going to stop you earning anywhere else. You know, and, you know, you, you, what was the one that BCCI did about retirements? Like, you know, like, yeah, you have to have uh, like you can only play franchise cricket elsewhere if you've been retired for like a year. Or yeah, two, like things like, like that. that. Rayudu got screwed over. Yeah, and, and I understand <laughs> what they were trying to do. They were trying to get him to stop retiring, going and playing in overseas leagues and then coming back to the IPL. Right. But the easier way of doing that is, is saying once you have retired, if you've played in another league, you cannot play in the IPL for two years. It's a much better way of doing that. You're mm. not stopping his income then. You're making yeah. him make a decision. Right. Pick us. Absolutely. Pick someone else. Right. And I, I think that that's a, you know, you can you can bring these sorts of things in. But the whole thing's such a mess. You know, we saw Matt Roller's article that came out this week. Mm. It, it's just I don't think pe and people got really upset. Like and I tweeted about it and I can only imagine Roller going, oh, you guys hate the free market. Guys. The free market is as bad as the other system was. We are replacing one yeah. shit system with another shit system, and we still have the old shit system here, <laughs> right? Like, I'm a historian. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that the original system of cricket was absolutely shithouse, right? But I can also tell you, as someone who's yeah. worked for these franchises, this current system is absolutely shithouse. It's double shithouse, right? And so yeah. everything is going wrong. And, it, you know, there is no organizational structure. No one's in charge. The owners are you know, pissing about, the administrators are pissing about. It's, it's, it's really, it's, I feel sorry for a lot of these people um, that have to be involved in all this sort of stuff. Um, but what was our last topic? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, just to finish up on that, I, I foresee a lot of uh, premature retirements now in cricket because people will want to, you know, cut out the clutter altogether. And if they don't have that sense of security from their national board, they'll be like, okay, we're, we're going to just go and freelance. Anyway, last topic, of course, uh, rest in peace. To South oh. Africa and uh, Gloucestershire all-rounder Mike Proctor. He took 41 wickets in just seven test matches. But in first-class cricket, in 401 first-class games, mind you, 401, if anyone didn't hear that at the back, he took 400, uh, 1,417 wickets, 1,417. And he also scored nearly 22,000 runs in these uh, games uh, at an average of 36. Now... Of course, it's a career that kind of clashed or coincided with South Africa apartheid. But had that not been the case, would we be taking Mike Proctor's name in the same breath as uh, Hadley, Imran, Kapil, Botham? Thanks to the kind folks at FlexiSpot for looking after my office and my butt by sending me their E7 Pro desk that save your favorite desk heights at a touch of a button. You don't have to crank anything. This thing just finds the height that you like and you can work. And their BS12 Pro chair that supports my posterior while I'm recording, well, this ad and all my shows. If you need great desks, especially ones that change heights or the best quality chairs, head on over to FlexiSpot. Yeah, probably. Um, I think he's probably more on that Hadley Capel level of... Uh, mm -hmm. I think if you look at his first-class batting, I, I, don't get me wrong, he could definitely bat. He made almost 50 first-class hundreds, although he played a million games, as you said. But um, I think his first-class mm -hmm. batting was probably, it probably averages 28 to 30 in test cricket with a bat, which is still definitely an all-rounder, right? Um, but it, it was yeah. his bowling was the, was his main skill and, um, you know, the ability to be fast and skillful um, and, uh, you know, move the ball in both directions. He also had... You know, an action that was un, un you know, un, 
unconventional. It's a bit like Boomer. You can only get used yeah. to Mike Proctor by facing Mike Proctor. There isn't like a Mike Proctor like hmm. bowler. Um, uh, so very much like that, you know, accuracy, skill, pace, nous. Hmm. He had it all. Really loved the guy. I didn't spend a huge amount of time with him, um, but I, I chatted to him. He he was very clear on apartheid. He said, um, I wouldn't hmm. say he was a progressive person. Uh, like, like I'm, I'm not having a go, but, you know, 1960s South African white dude. He was progressive for that, but he wasn't like a massively progressive person. <laughs> but but he he would say things like, "If my career got ruined so that 40 million lives got better, then that's worth it." Mm. You know, that's that's a deep. It's an important thing to say, right? Yeah. And and he cuts that line cuts through so much bullshit when we think about what happened and mm. and 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 everything else. And he was a magnificent cricketer. Also, might have fielded, uh, might have played with Colin Bland. We, he did play with Colin Bland and Jim Fote. So had some of the All right. had some of the best Lovely. fielders off his bowling <laughs> that anyone has ever had. I, it's just a funny little <laughs> side fact, but Mike Proctor and, yeah. Ab, uh, you know, him and Barry Richards are the two players that we didn't see enough of uh, in test cricket. Mm. But you talk to the people who did see them and there's no hesitation. No one goes, oh, Procky might have been pretty mm. good. Everyone's like, no, no, Procky was going to end up with a bowling average of around 22, 23 in first-class cricket um, and batting average of 30, right? There aren't too many players in the history of the game who are looking at those kinds of numbers. Just an incredible athlete, uh, you know, a, a tireless worker and 400 first-class games, you know, just he was playing cricket all the time. He truly loved our sport. Yeah. Um, and as I said, hmm. it, just a lovely person um, to, to, to deal with and everything else. So it's a, it's a, a real shame. Uh, you know, I thought to go out to his family. I think like heaps of his family have played professional cricket as well. Um, uh, mm. So, you know, a, a real family of cricket is, is my memory of the, of the mm. Proctors. And, and of course, you know what Gloucestershire was known as? No. Proctorshire. Oh, I got that wrong. Proctorshire. I, oh. I'm trying to say it correctly, <laughs> but he was that big there that like, you know, the Proctorshire. That's what I was trying to say. Got a yeah. weird throat thing at the moment. Um, uh, probably commentating <laughs> on test matches back to back, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah he's just a really important person um, uh, in Gloucestershire as well, and uh, that unfortunately is kind of where he's more known than he was in Test cricket. But mm -hmm. you know, uh, what what a player he was, and and it's if you haven't seen him bowl, it's worth going to YouTube and having a look at that action and working out how the hell you would play it because it's. Uh, it's a little bit off the wrong foot. It's got some arms and yeah. it's got some moving parts where you're just like, holy, holy shit, that must have been hard. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely go do that. And uh, of course, thoughts go out to his family and friends. And uh, if even if he didn't make it as uh, an international legend because of uh, all the politics that went on. And, you know, I think that's very important, that bit that you mentioned, that him saying that if that improved 40 million lives, uh, that's great for his legacy. So, uh, you know, he's still go down as a county cricket legend. And yeah, rest in peace, Mike Proctor. And on that note, uh, we will end this episode of Uncovered. So thank you to everybody in the comments. If you like this video, like it on YouTube, share it with your friends, subscribe to both this channel and Jared's other channel. We'll be back with another episode of Uncovered next week. That'll be all for now. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. 
please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baram Kazi and Estelle Vasudevan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku, as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recordings. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. Feeling lazy about promoting your podcasts and videos? Memento FM has your back. Their seamless platform cuts and promotes all your content effortlessly. It's laziness approved. Try Memento FM today.